Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and midlife career rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey Rebels, happy almost New Year's. Today's the 29th of December and in just a few more days, we'll be starting another calendar year. Are you ready? Are you excited? What new and amazing wonders does the new year hold for you? This is such an incredible time of year because all at once we're both remembering and celebrating the past while prepping and positioning ourselves for the future. And speaking of prepping for the future, I've been working closely with my clients this month on developing their strategic plans for the new year. We're focusing on what they need to stop doing and the things they need to start doing in order to achieve their goals, as well as the obstacles they need to overcome. But as you know, it's not just about the action line or the actions you take. It's also about creating the thoughts and beliefs that will inspire the feelings and emotions necessary to commit to taking the actions that will allow you to achieve the results that you want. So as you're developing your own plans for the new year, I want to make sure that you don't allow anything to stand in your way. And that's why today I want to talk about the four career crushing myths that professional women have got to get over. Now, for me, these are the four myths, the four most important myths that keep women in power positions from truly owning their power and embracing their significance. And I call them myths, but actually, they are behaviors that women engage in because of faulty thinking or misguided belief systems. Basically, things you believe that are true, but are absolutely not. Therefore, a myth. So today, we're going to talk about the myths, and I'm going to explain the origins of these myths and why they've and what they produced in your life and career, and what you need to do to debunk them. So let's kick these thought errors to the curb once and for all. So here we go. The first myth is, I have to prove myself myth. Now, many women struggle with this. They struggle with this crazy idea that they have to constantly prove something, prove they belong, prove they're worthy, or prove they deserve whatever opportunity they've been presented. And this is especially true once they're in a position of power. The desire to prove they deserve to be there instead of believing they already belong can become actually overwhelming and self-sabotaging. I want you to know, however, that you don't have to do anything to prove you're worthy, because if you weren't, you wouldn't have gotten that job, the promotion, or the opportunity in the first place. But you're not worthy because of these things. You were even before the job, the promotion, or opportunity. We start worthy, we stay worthy, and we end worthy, and nothing changes that except our thoughts about our worthiness. Accomplishments don't change you or make you better. They only reveal who you are. If others don't recognize your worthiness, it's more of an indication of what they can't see, not an indication of who you are and what you bring to the table. Trying to prove otherwise is exhausting, frustrating, and completely unnecessary. 
Now, as women, we've been raised in a society and culture that has taught us not to see the incredible value in who we are. And through my years of research, training, studying, and coaching women all over the world, I found this to be true across the board. The myth of having to prove yourself makes you see external validation and feedback as indicators of your worth. And when you don't get it, you question and doubt yourself. And over time, you'll begin to play small, become risk adverse, and start settling for less. It creates a narrative and belief system that takes root unconsciously that can impact your career path and choices for years to come. Now, it's important that you learn how to recognize these myths and how they're showing up in your life and career so you can begin to take steps to rip it out from its roots. I mean, what would happen? Imagine this. If you walked in wherever knowing that you're a badass, what would happen if when someone said, great job, amazing work, you just said thank you or better yet, I know. What would it mean to have your own back, to know, of course, they hired me, promoted me, gave me this opportunity to believe whether you win first place or fifth place that you're still fucking incredible. Now, if you're cringing right now as I say all that, then take that as a sign that this may be one of the myths that you bought into and it's one that you need to let go of this year. You need to work on building that self-confidence, owning your worth and significance, and knowing that there is nothing to prove because the proof has already been done. Now, the second myth is, I don't need any help. Now, I was just having a conversation with someone who wants to hire me to help her to gain clarity and focus around her next year goals. Now, what was funny was that on the call, she told me that basically she had everything together and lined up and she just needed me to help lay things out so she could get to work and get things done. She was trying to tell me what I needed to do to help her. She even said out loud, I'm not really coachable because I really know what I need to do. Now, I couldn't help but burst out laughing. And as she heard herself actually say the words as they came out of her mouth, she actually couldn't help but laugh too. Now, after we both finished laughing, she said, see, that's what I, that's why I need you. I don't know what to do. I just know, I don't know how to ask for help. Bam. Right. And there it was right? She knew she was trying to direct everything and tell me, even though she wanted my help, she was still trying to tell me what to do because she didn't want to feel as if she was asking for my help. You get what I'm saying? This thing about not asking for help, this mythology that is a bad thing. Now, the studies show that women would love to mentor and support other women, but many women won't seek it out. It's even worse for high achieving women of color because you know, we've been taught not to expect help or support, that we can only depend upon ourselves, and that we should prepare to go it alone. So women get lulled into this idea that they can always just rely on themselves or superficial levels of support, like advice from a peer or attending a conference or class or reading a book to get what they want. They believe asking someone for help or even investing in coaching is a sign of weakness or worse, an admission of failure. So when in a position to get the support they need, women will try to convince themselves that they really don't need it, or they only need a minuscule amount of help or support, or just a few tips and ideas, and they could take it from there, right? Kind of like what my new client tried to do with me on our initial call. 
Now, I, for one, love getting support and I am all about asking for help. Like I've negotiated multiple multi-million dollar labor agreements as an attorney over the years, but I still sought out additional training on salary negotiations and actually received a certification in it so I can improve my skills and better help my clients. I didn't assume just because I've negotiated contracts for 10 years that I knew everything and couldn't improve upon my skills by seeking out the help of another coach to help me get better. I've been certified as a coach for years, and even as a master certified coach, I make sure that I work with a coach myself every year. I've created a successful practice in business because every year I work with business mentors who teach me what I don't know and uncover blind spots that I may have missed. Now, this myth is also tied to the myth that women don't want or aspire to leadership roles. Women who aren't asking for support are also not sharing their goals and ambitions, whether because they don't believe it's possible to achieve them or they just lack belief in themselves. Women who do share their goals and ambitions are the ones who are seeking the support of others to bring those goals to reality. I mean, that's why they're sharing their goals and aspirations and dreams with others, because they're like, listen, if anybody, this is where I want, this is where I'm going. If you can help me, let's hop on board and let me get that support so I can get where I'm going. They know that they can't go it alone. They know that it takes a village. And that's why I teach my clients how to build a board of directors. That's what I call it, or an advisory board, a village basically of support so that they can call upon people, the right people at the right time to get the support and help that they need. And that also includes always having a coach, having someone who's there, an objective party to support you along the process and help to uncover and unveil blind spots that maybe you weren't aware of. Listen, if you're one not to ask for help, because you believe in this myth, remember this African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Now, the third myth is hard work will result in success. Now, there's some truth to that. But let me explain more about what I mean about this being a myth. The inability of women to toot their own horns and self-promote themselves has caused many to be overlooked for the reward and recognition they deserve. And statistically, women really struggle with this. We wait for others to sing our praises, believing if we do it ourselves, it'll be perceived as bragging or arrogance. So we work hard and burn the candle at both ends in an effort to be noticed and rewarded, but are often left disappointed. It's another social conditioning designed to limit women's potential and opportunities. Now, this myth is closely related to the Tierra syndrome, a term originally developed by Carol Frolinger and Deborah Kolb and then used by Sheryl Sandberg in her book, Lean In. Now, it's the strategy of hope to the rescue, tied to the rescued fantasies and myths embedded in most of those fairy tales that we were read as children and socialized to believe that someday our prince or a princess will come. And when hope fades because your hard work and successes fail to get noticed, you're more likely to blame and doubt yourself. Now, this is further exacerbated by the double bind women find themselves in, where we're damned if we do and doomed if we don't. We're either too soft and weak or we're too strong and a bitch. Now, one of the assignments I give my clients is called the hundreds list. And I've talked about it before on the podcast. I have my clients write down a hundred accomplishments and wins throughout their life and career. 
And without fail, every time I give this assignment to women, they say a hundred, like it's a ridiculous and impossible request. But it only feels ridiculous and impossible because it's so rare for women to take a moment to acknowledge and celebrate their successes, particularly if it wasn't acknowledged or celebrated by somebody else. So as we move into the new year, be sure to send an email to your team and manager every time you've achieved something great or you've done something significant or noteworthy. Create a post on LinkedIn when you're invited to speak at a conference or sit on a panel because you're seen as a trusted authority. Share at your next performance review that email a stakeholder sent to you saying their success is due to your diligence, your hard work, your empathy, and your kindness. Let's debunk this myth by learning how to share everything you do with anyone who will listen. Now, finally, the last myth is the cup is half empty. This can also be called the is too late for me syndrome. Now, this myth comes from professional midlife women's tendency to focus on what they perceive they're missing or lacking, not what they really are. I want you to hear me. It's what they perceive that they're missing or lacking instead of focusing on all they do have to offer. Hence the half empty cup myth. This myth is at play when you refuse to go for go out for a promotion because you don't believe you've been in your current role long enough, or when you don't apply for a position because you only have eight out of the 12 listed requirements, or when you refuse to leave a role or company that you're super unhappy with because it's only been six months or a year and you can't possibly leave. You haven't been there long enough to quit, right? It's the two-year rule. You got to at least stay for two years so that resume looks good. Or when you won't explore career pivot or change because you think it's too late for you or you've already had your turn. It's time to step aside and focus on the kids or, fo- or let the le- next generation come in and do their thing. Or when you think you're too old to go back to school because maybe late in life you decided you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an, an engineer, a teacher, a nurse or whatever. It's funny. I had a friend I remember years ago, she was in her 40s and she decided that she had been a teacher for 20 some odd years, but she always had a dream to be a doctor. And she went back at 47 to become an MD. Right. Are you thinking I can't do that? It's too late. I'm too old. Or if you're struggling with believing in the possibilities of your future because of everything that's happened in your past. Now, this myth is a cousin to the sunk cost fallacy, a term often used in behavioral economics to describe our tendency to stick with something we've already invested a lot of time, effort, or money into, and whether or not we're still receiving a return on that investment. It's a way of convincing ourselves that it's too late or we're too old to turn back. The thought error here is I've already gone too far down this road to turn back or change directions. But the reframe would look something like, hey, I don't have, it's not too old or too late. I have so much time left, so much left to do, so much time left to go. And because of the societal messages that we receive, it's not uncommon for women in midlife to feel like, well, that's a wrap when it comes to their life and careers, that they're just going to stick it out or suffer through until they can retire, as if they're finishing up a prison sentence. 
but we're constantly bombarded with messages that imply it's your time to step aside and make way for the next generation or two that are behind you. So it's no wonder we have this idea that our time has come, the clock has run out, it's no more left to do, when we have so much more to do. One of the things or one of the exercises I have people do sometimes is to draw a line across a sheet of paper. And at the end of that line, put 80, 90, or even 100. I may change it up sometimes. And then along the line, I have them do a mark at what age they are right now. Right. And then I have them look at that line. And so if zero to 100 is the line and you're marking somewhere around 40 or 50, you're only halfway through that line. All the rest of that space on that paper is how much time you have left to do amazing things. You are by far not done. And so sticking it out and suffering it through, trying to just get through the prison sentence is no way to live your life and no way to let this myth become true for you. Listen, I started my business at around 50. In fact, I walked away from a well-paying position to become an entrepreneur. People thought I was crazy. Hell, I thought I was crazy because all I could think about was how old I was, how I had kids about to enter college, how I don't get tech or social media, and how all the people I saw doing what I wanted to do were half my age or at least 20 years younger. I mean, I was drowning in my half-empty cup. But in many ways, my life began at 50. Who I am and who I've become would have never been possible if I didn't start looking at my cup, not only as full, but overflowing. To start noticing the wealth, breadth, and depth of my experiences in education. To notice the income I had at my disposal to even start a business while supporting my kiddo's college journey to realize I could afford to pay people to help me learn tech and social media, and of course, eventually hire those people to do it for me. To know that because I've been around the block a few times, I can handle triumphs and failures better than my younger colleagues. To believe that I didn't have to hustle to establish my credibility, but I already started with a shitload of credibility. So I stopped drowning in my half-empty cup and started doing backstrokes in a full cup of abundance. Now, where are you seeing a half-empty cup in your life and career? How can you reframe it to see all you have to offer so you can stop missing out on opportunities designed just for you? Now is the time to shake off those myths and start living your fullest and best life. Well, there you have it, Rebels, the four career-crushing myths that women need to let go of, and I mean let go of now. Have you been a victim to one or more of these myths? If so, now is the time to not judge yourself or beat yourself up, but it's time to make a change. Remember, it's not about looking back. It's always about looking forward. So use this time to celebrate the fact that you got this brand new awareness, which breaks myth number three to reconnect to all you have to offer the world, breaking myth number one, to seek out any support to help you with this process, breaking myth number three, and to prepare you to step into the possibilities of your future, breaking myth number four. You with me? Then let's go. And until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. I'll see you soon.
Hey, if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.